Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to Sync Spider Ops Podcast. My name is Norbert, I'm your host. And today I am chatting with Ryan Hogan from, and now it comes, Hunt a Killer. This is great. <laughs> welcome, Ryan. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you on board. Um, Ryan, uh, let me ask you, how did you first get into e-commerce? Yeah, um, I think this would probably be technically our, our first e-commerce brand. You know, the um, the story of Hunt a Killer really started with uh, uh, experiential, an experiential business, so live events. Uh, my, my partner and I um, came out of uh, the zombie, the, the obstacle race industry, where we created this, this 5K obstacle course where people are chased by zombies. Um, and uh, fast forward three years after that, uh, we wound that down in 2013. Um, 2016, we launched Hunt the Killer, and Hunt the Killer was was uh, very much the same from the stance of it was a live experience. We we transformed a 200 acre campground into a living crime scene, and it was all these really cool things. Um, but at the end of the day, it just didn't scale, and and that's really one of the reasons that we got into e-commerce is because we were looking for um, business models that that we could scale um, based upon the product market fit that we found with the live event. And so you know we sold out the event; it was all great, but we just didn't make any money. Um, and so we wound up backing into the, the subscription box industry um, and, you know, launching an e-commerce website and, and, uh, and scaling the business from there. That's cool. Um, tell us a bit about, uh, about Hunter Killer. What, what is it um, about? What do you sell for Hunter Killer online? Yeah, so, so Hunter Killer, we sell experiences and uh, we, are, we are an immersive entertainment company. And so, you know, one of our, our clear differentiators in the space is that um, we're not we're not really a subscription box company, you know. Hunt a Killer is a is an episodic delivery um, of immersive entertainment, and what that means is that each month um, we send you clues, items, and correspondence, and and basically all of all of these physical items are are um, leading you through a journey, an investigative journey um, that culminates on the the season finale. So each season is six episodes long. Um, and then once you get to the season finale and and solve the uh, solve the season, you move right to the next season. That's cool. Um, what's your current ecom tech stack? Current ecom tech stack. Right now, we are built on the Shopify platform. Yeah. Um, and we are using um, uh, we are using Recharge as an application off the of Shopify to be able to uh, to be able to do the actual um, subscription side of things. Um, and then we're using the Shopify platform to sell our premium experiences. Um, our, our tech stack is is pretty deep at this point. We we use a lot of plugins. You know, we're right now we're in a in a state where we're um, doing a lot of custom development and building a lot of our a lot of our own applications. Um, you know, but in the very beginning, it's it's all about you know you need to get the job done. You need to find services that that are out of the box and can do the job. So. You know everything from Typeform that that runs uh, the application process for for people to actually become a member, 
um, Webflow from a um, you know where you where you first drop at huntkiller.com. Um, Clavio, you know, we're using very standard out of the box services at this point to, um, uh, to really focus on growth and, and not focus on, on development. That's cool. Um, and, uh, do you also sell on some marketplaces or other platforms or is it all about, um, your e-com store? Yeah. So it, it, I guess it, it really depends on the, the product because we have premium experiences. And so if you think about premium experiences, it's the same thing where, where it's immersive entertainment, it's immersive storytelling. It's the um, it's storytelling through clues and items and correspondence, but actual physical goods. And we have these things called premium experiences and, and um, they could be equated to a full feature length film from start to finish. You get the box. Um, and our subscription is obviously more like a television series that's that's run episodically. And so, you know, we use Shopify for for a lot of um, for a lot of our e-commerce um, sales. Um, but Amazon actually has a a subscription box beta program that they launched about three years ago, and uh, and we were rolled up into their beta program last year. So we actually sell subscriptions um, on the Amazon platform. Um, and but as far as marketplaces, right now, that's that's really the only places we're we're at. Um, we're currently developing um, actual uh, board games, or at least a, a, com a competitor in the board game industry. And so next year, you'll see us on more things like, you know, BarnesandNobles.com, Walmart.com, CallScope.com, things like that. Cool. That's great. So um, you currently have most of the sales through your Shopify store. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And you also ship physical goods? We ship physical goods, yeah. So, yeah. and we do it all ourselves, and oh, you know, really? that's one thing we do. We wow. do. We don't use it. We don't use a three PL. And actually, last week we just had our our record setting um, week ever, um, and we shipped thirty three thousand four hundred twenty three boxes in, in a, a single week. Wow! Um, and so that's it's, insane. It's <laughs> how many yeah, people? How many people boxed them? <laughs> Uh, we've got, we've got probably somewhere between 35 and, and 40 people that work out of our fulfillment center. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's been an incredible journey to, to build all of this stuff from scratch. And, and really, you know, for us, the, the problem is, you know, I know a lot of VCOM companies use three PLs. Um, and if you can use a three PL by all means, you know, the more you can focus on your, your business, um, the more you can focus on your product, the better. Um, for us, though, a, a big part of that product is actually the construction of the product. So like the kind of like the manufacturing. And so while we're not necessarily printing items in-house or manufacturing the, the widgets that go into the box, um, we are very much taking all of those things and putting them together. And so it might be it might be 20 pieces of paper that need to go into a case file. So they need hole punch and they need to go into a case file. The case file needs to get closed and needs to get set just right in the box because whatever's on top of that, you know, has to be looked at first. Um, and so we have we have found it uh, one very difficult to outsource our our fulfillment process, um, but two we we do a very good job at it. It's good when you, when you have it in house. It's 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 even great. So this is this is awesome. And um, and um, what, what what do you do about the shipping labels? Do you use a specific tool um, to to print them out or? Um... Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think we use ShipStation and ShipStation, we use ShipStation yeah. since uh, really since day one. And, you know, what the interesting part is, and you were talking about uh, some of the applications and, and our tech stack earlier, you know, the, the thing that is unique about our box is that everybody starts at the same point. 
Um, and that makes things challenging with standard softwares, um, even uh, standard subscription softwares, because it is not a it is not a common feature to be able to tag, um, you know, whatever the um, whatever the actual number of that subscription is. And so we had to build a custom application um, off of Recharge that tells us what episode that individual is on. You know, for most subscription boxes, it's just a matter of it's the month of April, it's the month of May. Okay, we're going to ship you know 112,000 boxes this month, um, and it's all the same box. And we are very different. What you know, right now we are all of our boxes are SKUs, um, and you know, at any given time we're shipping 18 to, to 20 different SKUs uh, in the day. Oh, this is this is great. I like the idea really because it's like. Uh... Like like watching um, episodes on, on Netflix, yeah. Um, you yeah. can start from the from the day one, and this is really cool, great feature. Yeah, and, the, the, and one of the the other um, great parts about this is like you can actually binge, and it, uh -huh. we have a couple competitors out there, and and you know what we are focused on is is communicating with our members, listening to the feedback, and and implementing those changes. And with your Netflix comment, one of the most highly requested features was we want to be able to expedite. So when you go on the Netflix and you binge, you know, an entire season, our members wanted to do the same thing. And so we went and we, we built custom features inside the software to give them a button that says expedite my next episode. So many of our members, excuse me, many of our members are going through two, three, four episodes in a month. Oh, that's cool. Um, do you do you have um, someone dedicated in your company that is um, responsible for operations? We do. We actually yeah. we have quite a few that are yeah. Um, yeah. that are responsible. So we've got um, uh, we've got a, a VP of operations, and she is really um, over top of everything from the fulfillment to the manufacturing, um, inventory management, and then also our customer service team. Oh, cool! Yeah, and um, what what do you do to ensure that your customers have um, the constantly um, awesome experience uh, all across um, your product? Yeah, we're constantly innovating. I mean, that's that's the the thing. And you know, I, I used to speak a lot about this probably about a year ago, and I, and I had a number to it. You know, since we started, um, it, the product has gone through 120 some iterations. Um, today, I'm, I'm sure it's in the, the 300s. And, you know, the, the whole concept here is that is that we are constantly improving the experience. You know, one of the things that we did very early on was we built a community um, in Facebook. And today we've got 120,000 um, people in this secret Facebook group. Um, and while that provides a community for our members to talk about everything from, you know, what's on their mind to, you know, different types of true crime stuff that's that's happening in the world. The other thing that, that they do is they give us feedback. They tell us what we're doing um, right. And most importantly, they tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, and we listen uh, to those sorts of things and we immediately take action and start iterating and improving the product. That's a good philosophy. Always iterating, always improving. It's um, it's cool. And how do you do that? What what do you, um, so uh, do, you, do you have meetings to discuss those things or? Yeah, so in the very early days, we would have a, an entire, an all-hands company meeting. And this was when we were probably somewhere between seven and 10 people. And so what we would do is we would collect feedback over a three-month period, and then we would run a net promoter survey. Um, and then the entire company would shut down for four hours, and we would all come around the table and discuss the results. Um, today, it's a little bit more automated, and it's built into our product development process. And so one thing to keep in mind is that we do these things called season shifts, And basically what a season shift is, is, is a time where we move the starting point 
um, to a new starting point, to a fresher, to a to a better starting point. And we just did this in January. Everybody that's playing today is actually on a season called Cadence Theater. Um, and you know what what this does for us is um, it allows us to to continue to look at the feedback um, and and iterate whatever those changes may be. And it starts for us in the very beginning from the the product development um, the product development process because. On the first day, before we we pick up our pens and start writing amazing stories, we look at all of the feedback um, that we've been able to collect through whatever period that was, um, and then ultimately we'll eventually switch the entire starting cohort to that season because we know it's better because we listen to um, we listen to our members. Okay, um, someone entirely different. Did you have any? A uh, significant downtime or technical issue, uh, that disruption of a service that you faced in the past time, or is the stack entirely stable? No, I, I don't think anybody's tech stack is entirely stable. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, otherwise it wouldn't be a tech stack. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, no, we're, we're constantly dealing with, with issues and challenges. Um, You know, less so today. We, we have a, a rock star VP of technology that joined us, um, gosh, almost a year ago now. And uh, and ever since he joined the team, I, I would say downtime is is minimal for us. Um, but you know, the, the reliance on on other systems presents a, a challenge for any company. So, for instance, um, if you're using the Shopify platform, which Shopify is amazing and very rarely goes down, but when Shopify goes down, you're out of control. Um, and so, you know, there, there are some things that, that we've seen over, over the past couple of years that, that we've tried to correct. You know, one of the, the crazy parts about this, so if anybody out there is using Webflow, um, we had significant challenges getting an SSL certificate um, to automatically renew um, on the Webflow system. And it's just based upon how we're using Cloudflare and all these other things and, and how these systems connect. Um, and we're using subdomains and, and some of our subdomains are living on Squarespace. So like, We have we have a, a very complicated tech stack just because we, we continue to use all of these pieces from all over the place. Um, but that's certainly presented challenges. And, and something as simple as just keeping an SSL certificate um, um, updated in the past has been a challenge. And it's crashed our entire website. And as you know, and as your listeners, I'm sure know, um, the minute your website crashes is the minute that your your Facebook pixel stops firing. And the minute your Facebook pixel stops firing is the minute that that Facebook goes back into relearning mode. And takes another three days of burning a whole bunch of your cash to um, uh, to start to relearn who the target audience is and, and serve serve the right people. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a challenge, and and we've got we've got some rock stars in place that are constantly monitoring. Perfect, good to hear. And um, what a role um, does automation play in your company? Automation. Um, I'm trying to think. What are we? What are we automating right now? You know, actually, I, I think a good example of, of automation for us at this point would be some of our customer service tasks. You know, there was a time, if you look back two years ago, um, every single question that came through um, had to have a, a human touch point. And, you know, whether, whether it was a generic, how do I sign up or how do I cancel or, you know, I, I need to change my shipping address. You know, there are very common questions out there that um, that you can automate. And it, it took us quite some time. You know, again, we were very much focused on growth. We were very much focused on building a, a great product. And some of these things fell to the wayside. Um, but, you know, once we really took a, a hard look at, at um, some of the different things technology could bring to the table and, and automation, um, we started to automate some of those simple responses. And so, 
I, I mean, I know that sounds weird. It's kind of like going to a phone tree and, you know, you press the number and it, it, it takes, you're like, no, I just want to talk to the operator. Um, you know, but we can clear 40% of our tickets just through um, some sort of automated response where it, it answers and addresses the, the question that the member is asking. So, you know, I, I would say from a from an automation standpoint, um, integrating that into customer service uh, has been incredibly helpful. Yeah, having chatbots um, on the website is is it's yeah it's um, a new era of support. Um, that we yeah. we know it from the phone systems, as you said. Um, but uh, the chatbots really help to lower the tickets. This is uh, what we've also seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you still need to have the human touch point. This is, um, of course, something else. Yeah. You, you always need humans to be present. But um, for the really easy questions, there is nothing wrong letting chatbots do something. Exactly. Um, and that's like, you want to make sure that the members can get through as easy as yeah. possible. Um, but, but, uh, but if you can answer their question in, in half a second, they're much more happy than waiting for an agent. What will your ops team be focused in the next 12 months? Ops team focused in the next 12 months, um, streamlining, <laughs> uh, streamlining, processes you know from a, a growth standpoint we we expect that that we're going to continue to to double year over year um, and I think it's very easy when when you're in this type of mode um, that that thinking about the way things that I've done in the past is the way that that we need to continue to do it or that's the right way um, and that's that's very rarely the case as, as companies evolve and as you grow, um, you need to be able to think outside of the box and continue to challenge all of your assumptions. And a lot of those assumptions are, hey, this is the way we've always done it. Um, and so being able to streamline those types of processes, I mean, everything from, you know, organizing the, the warehouse in the, the right manner, which I think we did a, a great job when we moved into our new one last year, um, you know, to, to where are things set up? How many touch points um, to put, you know, this document into this file into this box and, and how can we start to really streamline some of these things you know so from a from an operation standpoint what we'll really be looking at is is how do we streamline a lot of this stuff um and you know a part of that may be how do we uh how do we put together some of this stuff that um and just ship from our warehouse you know is there do we do we have to put all this stuff together here or the same folks that are manufacturing this stuff do they have the competency level um, to be able to put the stuff together and just give us final SKUs, and we just slap a label. So there's a lot of things that that we're looking at, um, you know, both in 2020 and 2021. Um, but for us, it's all about process and efficiency. Okay, cool. Last question. Yep. Very interesting one. Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career today? Up to date. Hmm. You know, I, I would probably go with, it, this is a, a really interesting one. And um, yeah. <laughs> uh, his name is Eric Carlson. And Eric uh, was a very early marketer um, for us. And he, he stayed on for almost the entire ride. Um, but it, Eric, Eric taught me really everything I, I know about e-commerce, everything from um, you know, having a good offer to be able to getting in front of the right audience to setting up the right systems. Um, you know, I knew nothing about, I, I remember this one day and, uh, I, I was, if you've ever heard of blenders, it's a sunglass company out of San Diego. Yep. 
And I had just bought a pair of sunglasses and, uh, and this was maybe five years ago, six years ago. Um, and then I pull up Facebook and I'd see the blenders and, and like, that just blew my mind that, that like I'm getting served ads for, for something I just looked like or looked at. And I had no idea like how that, and I actually sent them an email. Like I sent support at blenders.com an email to figure out how they're following me around the internet, because I saw so much opportunity here. If we could figure out a product to sell, and this was before hunt a killer. Um, but once we moved to, um, once we moved to e-commerce, like we, we had to find somebody that already knew what they were doing, um, already knew how to deploy Facebook ads, already knew what pixels were and what e-commerce platforms to look like. Um, and, and Eric Carlson was really critical, um, uh, to, to get us off the ground and get us where we are today. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was great talking to you, Ryan. It was awesome. Um, thanks for so much input and so much valuable insights in your company. Um, I wish you awesome. good luck with uh, Hunt a Killer and uh, yeah, to ship 50,000 packages the next few months. There you go. A week, you go. of course. Yeah, thank a you week, so much for course. having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.